It's Friday the 18th of June. Welcome to our Afternoon Sport Deep Dive. I'm Tim Gilbert. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. And Shane, no, I'm thinking of heading off to the circus. Now, not not not, not going to be the clown or, or an act. <laughs> not going to join take, it. Taking a couple of kids this weekend. Mate, what, what do they have in a circus these days? I know you can't call them midgets or little fellas anymore, so there can't be a bearded woman there any, anymore. I'm, sure, I'm assuming that's not allowed. So no cannons. What, what, what do they have in a circus? I don't know. That's probably half the reason why I want to go and just check it out <laughs> and see what the circus in 2021 looks like. All right, now you have an opportunity to win, of course, here on Afternoon mm. Sport. Follow us on Twitter or Facebook, our Afternoon Sport page, and you will go into the running for a signed Western Sydney Wanderers soccer ball. That will go off over the next couple of weeks. So follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Today on the show, it is Friday, so that means Brisbane comedian rugby league tragic Shad Wicker is with us and former Olympic runner John Stephenson. Look, I'll tell you what, Shane, uh, Cody Simpson, I love this story, and not because he used to date Miley Cyrus, or he's a great singer, but his tenacity, his resilience, his ability, he's not going to make the Tokyo Olympics in the pool, but that wasn't part of the major plan. It was to do some personal bests and make the final, which he's done. But now he sets his sights on on Paris in four years' time. And so he should. What a great story. Um, he only really took this up seriously you know, almost only six months ago, and um, he shaved nearly four seconds off his personal best time, 52 seconds, um, yeah, and he will turn his focus now to Paris 2024. But look, you can't feel too sorry for him. He's, he has missed out on um, on Tokyo, but he still has a great-looking girlfriend. He has some great abs. Um, he's got a multi-million-dollar career in music. So um, good on you, Cody Simpson. That's a really good Aussie spirit there. Look, he finished last in the final, but what a great achievement. Yeah, I, I remember those abs. <laughs> a few years ago now. Uh, they're, they're down there somewhere, Shane. <laughs> they're down there somewhere. This is Afternoon Sport. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Brisbane comedian Shad Wicker. Oh, no, the Brisbane Broncos. Rugby League on a Friday. I know we have some fun, but I tell you what, the Brisbane Broncos were woeful. They could not beat time with a stick at the moment. And Brisbane comedian Shad Wicker joins us. Shad, boy, boy. Mate, that is, a, that is a pretty bad performance by the Broncos. I'm surprised it wasn't another 50-pointer, to be honest, by South Sydney. It feels uh, it's weird to say this, but it's probably a good thing that I'm in New South Wales at the moment. I'd hate to be in Brisbane waking up this morning. Mate, they're in big trouble. I think they're going to end up with more wooden spoons than Martha Stewart this team. But um, I'm always interested to see what your thoughts are around the coach, Walters. Um, it's funny, when a team's not doing well, um, you always end up talk about the coach, but he just reminds me a lot of Michael Bevan, who um, was a very, very good player, but couldn't coach. What are your thoughts of, of Walters? I am so glad that you're saying that because it seems like, especially when you're in Brisbane and you hear the news there, no one seems to want to turn the attention to the fact that maybe Kevy can't do it. And I think I've spoken to you guys about this before. When he took over Origin and we got pumped by you and lost the series, we had a pretty good side. We still had a pretty decent side and we looked very poor in that series. Then he went to the Broncos and as much as everyone wants to bang on, oh, the Haas aren't that good and all this kind of jazz, there's the players are getting raided by other teams. So don't like miss me with the, oh, your players aren't that good. Every other team in the comp seems to think you've got a pretty handy players in there. I'm starting to lean on the idea that 
Kevy can't coach and he seems to not be able to rally the troops around something that's like all effort in footy, which is defence. You can't convince your team to play with enough effort to defend or even score any points when 50 are getting put on them. And what's this? Nearly 50 points in the last four weeks every game? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's impossible to comprehend that the Brisbane Broncos could be as poor as they are. They're a one-team uh, a one-town t- one team that they've got all the resources available to them. Look, this won't last long. I just don't think if uh, they look, they won't they won't continue with this if it continues to go bad. And uh, Kevy Walters' coaching career may be over at the Broncos before a lot of us even expect. Now, changing pace, a lot of uh, individuals have started to lay into Paul Gallon saying, oh, it's just another loss on the Wednesday night. And then there's the peptide lines about the jabs and everything. But to be honest, he was pretty brave, wasn't he, Shad? Oh, I don't think he's brave, mate. It just reminded me of, uh, do you remember that episode of The Simpsons where uh, Homer Simpson stands in the middle of the ring and uh, for some reason wouldn't go down? Do you remember that episode, his boxing career? Yeah, um, I do. Well, I, saw, I sort of do, but I, I'm sort of a bigger fan of Mr. Plow, but um, yeah. <laughs> I feel like here's the thing, and I was watching it with some mates of mine, uh, and we were in Bondi watching this this match, and I couldn't help. I kept saying to the guys, "They're like, man, he can't knock him out." I was like, "Mate, this guy has been hit in the head for what, like a 13 year rugby league career. I don't think he was ever going to get knocked out. You know what I mean? Like, you've taken a lot. If there's one positive to take away from when you could hit people in the head in rugby league, it's that for some reason they become decent enough boxers. That's true. Well, it goes from bad to worse for Queenslanders. Um, no ponger now for Origin 2. I'm just hoping that this might actually uh, make the selectors do what worked last year when we had the worst team. It was, uh, you know, chucking AJ Brimson out the back. Mm. I, What do you guys think about this, though? Because I know it's been a controversial topic, a lot of back and forth by all the talking heads, but the idea of bringing in Reese Walsh from the uh, the Warriors. Do you think that is desperation or is that just another move similar to what happens every year in Origin where it's like, hey, let's bring in someone who could possibly play for our team for an extremely long time? Oh, yeah, my, my problem with that is you're bringing him into the ultimate furnace, aren't you? You've just been pumped 50 points to six. You have to win in Brisbane. Look, desperate times need desperate measures. I think he may just be a little young, personally. What about Alan Langer? Bring him back. That worked. Well, I mean, it's going to tell you what we're starting to look down the barrel. That I was like looking at Super League teams, thinking, who can we bring back on the next flight? Get them COVID tested, but it's not enough time now. See, Greg Cornescu. <laughs> now, will you will you get back into Queensland? You've been to Bondi. Have you checked your hotspots? Yeah, I have. But we're I'm actually been watching, considering going back early because as as you know, I'm doing a run at the comedy store. Um, I suggest everyone get down there. I can't tell you what happened last night because I've signed a little. Cannot say who happened to drop into the comedy store last night. But uh, a very big name in comedy has been doing a little bit of cheeky drop-ins at the store. So I'm like hoping we can stay, but it looks like I'm probably going to have to make the mad dash back. I've been I've been staying in King's Cross, though. So catching COVID is the least of my worries, um, to be honest. I, I know you can't say it. Are we talking Sasha Barrow-Cohen, I reckon? I, I, could def- I just couldn't tell you. I honestly <laughs> could not say. That would be amazing. A, a big um, a big match this weekend. Panthers back to full strength versus the Roosters. Yeah, but I mean, what, what's going on with the Roosters at the moment? You know what I mean? I, I mm. feel like the Panthers aren't going to get a true challenge. Obviously, they lost those couple of games, but, you know, depleted side. I don't think they're going to get a true challenge until we can see them play the Storm again, which is, I feel like it's only a few weeks away. Is that right? Yeah, it's not too far away, but I, I don't know. I, I, I like the Roosters, Angus Crichton back. 
Penrith, they did have players out, but they did show a soft underbelly. So that will be an interesting game that I, I'm not riding the Roosters completely off. They found a way to win last week with Sam Walker's field goal. Just, just finally, now look, I know that you uh, love your rugby league and you're a Warriors fan from some concocted way that you became a Warriors fan. But what about being a Gold Coast Titans fan? Like you are trailing 30 points to four, you get back to 34 points all. You'd think you'd have the momentum to win, but you don't, mate. I've got a I've got a massive soft spot for the uh, Gold Coast Titans, and that and that's mainly because of the fact that every other team in Queensland is dog shit at the moment. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I don't mind going down a little glitter strip of uh, the Goldie from time to time. They, I, I really like what seems to be taking place there, especially with Mal. He's done a great job, hasn't he? It, it also really shows how poor the manager of the Broncos is when you can see just down the road, a team that has just been basically nothing since the Scotty Prince days. And they had what one or two runs at the, at the finals. Um, I've got to like, I, I honestly think, and I think I've said this on this podcast a little while ago, Gold Coast are the best Queensland side at the moment. And after what happened in Townsville, they're probably better than the bloody Maroons. <laughs> but I, will you watch this? The, like the Titans will be a proper finals contender. Like they top four at some point this year. But you'd want, you'd want to own a uh, Harvey Norman franchise on the Gold Coast because they would have kicked some TVs in uh, when that, when that uh, field goal Sam Walker's went over, yeah. Just- Mate, it, it, would have been, it would have been very tough, I'm not going to lie. But I tell you what, there was a lot of people standing out the front of nightclubs that night as well, ready to make a lot of money too. <laughs> hey, can, can I give you a quick one as well? Here's a quick mm. one for you being in – like I've come and stayed at the Cross because I've done, been doing shows at a few gigs around here. What happened to the like to King's Cross? Is it even a suburb anymore? Because it seems like Rushcutters Bay and Potts Point have just taken over the suburb of King's Cross. I used to go like – I remember going clubbing in this joint when I was younger. They've now replaced half of the strip clubs I used to <laughs> like uh, walk past uh, with Woolworths and stuff now. What's happened? <laughs> Yeah, the dancer dollars don't work anymore at Woolies. Oh, you got to go back out to the free. You got to go. You got to go back out to the freezer section. That really hots up. Um, look, Chad, uh, safely get back to Queensland. Say good day to Anastasia, and uh, yeah, we can't wait for Origin. Origin two. Hopefully, this won't be much of an outbreak in Sydney, and there won't be too many restrictions, so people can get up there and watch New South Wales go two 0 up in the series. Talk to you next week, mate. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks, guys. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, former Olympic silver medalist John Stephenson is with us. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies, and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves you back. Friday means, well, it's just fantastic. And our our man, John Stephenson, former Olympian, and I was showing my kids the 2006 Commonwealth Games gold medal win the other day. He's with us. How are you, John? Yes, Timmy Gilbert. It's my favourite day. It's Friday. But what was even better was that gallon 
fight was epic. I really enjoyed watching that. And I was really surprised to see him go nine out of ten rounds. I did not pick it. I thought that he would only make it to round six at most. But uh, uh, really, it's a real testament to to Gallon and his toughness because um, Justice Hearn, really showed some slick skills. Always knew he was going to be fast in there. But Gallon just kept coming forward. I mean, he was rocked so many times in the fight, but um, showed so much resilience. And um, I think that's a great tune-up for Justice going to the Olympic Games. Um, mm-hmm. I'm Tokyo. Yeah, congratulations to Paul Gallon, but it was a Ferrari on a Malvern star, wasn't it really? Hooney looked like he could have finished it at any point. He looked like, no, seriously, and there's nothing against him because he was tough, he was gallant, he was all those things, but he was never, ever in the fight. It, they they look worlds apart, and I don't know boxing as well as you do, but he just looks so far superior. Yeah, look, I, I don't, I don't want to say that because, I mean, I think that will be really unfair to Gal. We've got to remember... Gallon had a, a tremendous football career and, mm. you know, he ventured onto boxing. He made no bones about it. He said, look, I'm here to make cash. You know what I'm saying? Um, and along the way, he got the bug of boxing, which he wanted to become, you know, good at the skill set. And he wanted to win an Australian yeah. title. And he, and he was focused on that, you know, and you could see that. But, uh, yes, I mean, in hindsight, we look and go, wow, Justice completely killed him. But if you look where Gallon's come from and, and, and how he's achieved that, this is really his real proper, proper boxer first test. We, we, said, we said Lucas Brown was meant to be that, but Lucas was always going to be a bit chinny. He was definitely on the other side of his career, Lucas, you know, and that was if Gallon caught him, it was bound to happen. But just a young Thundercat ready to rock, getting ready for Tokyo Olympics that can punch and can box. It was always going to be tough. And I thought Gallon did a tremendous job. You've always indicated that you wouldn't mind getting in the ring for a professional fight. Do you reckon you could get, go to a hamburger shop, put some weight on and, and come up to Paul Gallon's uh, weight class and have a crack? What do you think? You know, uh, you know. funny enough, by Paul's second fight, I would have, I would have said yes, I would do that. But he's actually not bad. Like, we, I, I think we just say from he's, because Paul is so big and strong and he's sort of he's sort of this in, in the ring, a bit like Shrek running around chasing after his opponents. We think that he's just a big, hardcore guy that can hit up. But he's, Paul's actually pretty slick in there, man. So I'd be, I'd be, I'd be pretty nervous. You know, I actually thought that last night. I thought, you know, imagine sparring Paul, how that would go. He's actually not bad, man. He's, he's, he's pretty good at what he does, you know, and especially coming from a boxing career now, quickly he's gotten where he is now. Yeah. Maybe it'd be good to get him just after. Like, I know, I know you were joking and making a joke, mm. but, but, uh, but I, I, I love boxing that much that I'm, I'm that sick that I'd actually think about, fighting this dude, you know what I mean? But Yeah, well, I was, try- I was trying to put the logistics in place. Maybe it would be better better to get him like a minute after he's finished with Hooney. Get him then. Broken ribs, smacked up face. All well, apparently stuff. today, um, Justice came out and said, look, I'll give Gallon a rematch. But when I asked Gallon last time in the ring, hey, um, would he do a rematch? Gallon was very smart to be like, you know what, let me just, let me just go back to the drawing board, think about it, see how this fight went. But Gallon knew, like, there's no way in the world he's beating Justice, even in the second fight. And if he did do it, it'd be nothing but for a payday, yeah? Yeah, what about this combosis? Uh, look, there hasn't been a lot spoken about this fight. Where it's off at the moment. Tell us a bit more about it. Can you give me a little bit of info around that? Poor George Cambosis. Now, for those that don't know, George is fighting for this is a legitimate world title against Teofimo Lopez. Um, Teofimo Lopez is almost rated as the best pound-for-pound boxer in the world in his division. And uh, this fight was, I mean, this fight would not only set up George and and his family and make him become a, you know, a millionaire. Um, but at the same time, make him be a legitimate world champion. And um, 
the last two days, Tiafimo Lopez con- contracted COVID. Um, George has put on his social media that he's absolutely devastated, and rightly so. I mean, this is George's break. I mean, it has been publicised that you know, you know, for an Australian boxer at George's level to be getting an opportunity because he was mandatory to fight Tiafimo for for the belt. Um, that he was actually lucky to get this opportunity. George has worked his absolute backside off his whole life to get this opportunity, so I don't believe there's any luck in this. But for it to be mm. taken away from him due to this, his opponent get contracting COVID, it's this COVID bug that's lurked everywhere around the world, causing major disrupt- disruption in all the sporting mm. events that we absolutely love. So um, so that's, that's, that's where that is situated. Um, I don't know what the, the new date will be for that fight, but I'm just hoping that they can expedite this whole process because I really feel sorry for George and Australia's missed out on potentially another world champion. Every time I see Cristiano Ronaldo and his, his particular, uh, you know, attention to the way he looks, his clothes, his dress, he reminds me so much of you. He's, he's like that, you know, just everything is in the right spot. Everything's in the right place. I mean, I know you wouldn't mind his bank account, but he was extraordinary this week for Portugal. Not a lot, not a lot about today, Tim, is that you have been nothing but complimentary from the start today, mm. man. Mm. This is what mm. happened to you. What happened to you? Yeah, it's a, it's my new leaf. I love that. I've turned a new leaf. I tell you, I tell you, you need to turn your new leaf. And that's the promoters of the European Soccer Championships. Um, wow, Cristiano decides to get on his uh, when he's doing his press conference and say, uh, "Don't drink coke, drink water." Like, whoa! They lose five billion dollars in the stock market immediately. Like, it's just the power of of one sports day. This shows, man, that hasn't died. You know, like. You know, especially when it comes to Cristiano Ronaldo, he's so um, recognizable around the world. And it just shows that, that, look, the influence of not only Cristiano, but influence of the world game, which is football, soccer. And uh, mm. But I really feel for the organizers because I've organized a few events in my time. And, you know, you might not be able to get Cristiano to be sponsored by Coke. And this is the reason why these big brands sponsor the event because they go, you know what, Cristiano is going to be there if we have our product placement right kids will see him and, and automatically assume that Cristiano loves Coca-Cola. He made it very clear not to drink Coca-Cola and to drink oh. water. So um, brutal, very, very brutal for, for the organisers and Coca-Cola. Yeah, and imagine if you're part of the PR or marketing team at Coke, what are we going to do? There would have been furious meetings. Well, just just in defence of Coca-Cola and everything in moderation, I'm going to go and have a can of Coke Zero right now. John, it's always lovely. The weather's warming up a bit, so you're, you're probably a little bit easier to get on with around the house because you, you don't like the cold. So things aren't too bad, are they? I just want to say, Tim, your positive outlook and the positive affirmations you've had towards me has made my day. Thank you very much. I'm going to have a blessed weekend. I appreciate what you've said to me. Hopefully I can hold it together for next week. See you, buddy. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Follow us on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you goes out to our guests today, Shad Wicker and John Stephenson, and our wonderful sponsors. Yes, Spartan Sports, www.spartansportshq.com. And our great producer, Dan McHugh. We'll be back Monday for your daily dose of sport. Have a great weekend, guys. Take care.